mean, technology and everything is changing so quickly. And I think a lot of times the information that we get at community colleges can be delayed. Like we, a lot of our labor market information is, is older labor market information. And I think by having these partnerships with industry, we're getting real-time information about what their needs truly are instead of it being, you know, something that has been researched two years ago. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm Rebecca Corbin, President and CEO of NACI, and I'm delighted to bring a very special guest and a good friend into our studio today uh, to share her story. She's coming to us from the West Coast uh, and doing great work uh, in the area of entrepreneurship. So welcome to our program, Lisa Kiplinger-Kennedy, and I would love to begin by you just introducing yourself to our audience. Tell them a little bit about you, um, where you're coming from, and maybe somebody or an experience that influenced the career path that you're on today. Sure. Well, as she said, I'm Lisa Kiplinger-Kennedy. I don't even know my own name. Lisa Kiplinger-Kennedy. And I'm the Regional Director for Business and Entrepreneurship for the Inland Empire Desert Region, which is in Southern California. It's all of San Bernardino and Riverside counties, and it is comprised of 12 different community colleges. And um, I've actually been in this role for almost nine years, which is hard to believe. And um, prior to that, I think what kind of led to this role was that I had I had taught business management classes for Victor Valley College. And before that, I had been surprisingly in the medical industry for many years. A lot of people don't realize that. But I got my first taste of entrepreneurship during that time. My dad was an orthopedic surgeon and he I worked for him for years we started a business together with another family and it was um, a medical device company. And so it was related to the orthopedic world. It was continual passive motion machines that we rented out to patients. And so that was kind of probably my first taste of owning a business or being part of a, the business world. And so I think that kind of shaped where I went and how I got into this position because I had both that entrepreneurial background and then also the teaching experience for the community colleges. So it just kind of led to the perfect fit into the role that I'm in now, which really is just um, connecting industry to education to make sure that we're, you know, training our students to get the education that they need. Yeah, that's great. And I, I love that you had all of that, you know, real world experience, because I know a lot of times, you know, we'll hear from people, oh, I have a great idea for a business, but they have no idea how the customer might experience it. How do they produce it? How do they distribute it? How do they market it? You know, it must be different for you being uh, in the classroom where you're teaching students, but you're you're working more at, I guess, what I would think of as like the grass tops level. You're trying to really get leaders to really embrace uh, entrepreneurship and innovation in the work that they do. And sometimes it confuses people because they're like, wait, uh, higher education, you're not starting businesses. However, you know, as you know, and you've taught students and you teach um, leaders, that's not always the case. So I, I would love it for you to share a little bit about 
Um, one of the projects you did during the pandemic where you brought together uh, a whole group of community college presidents for a specific purpose to really kind of um, mobilize them around this concept. So maybe talk to us a little bit about how you did that during the pandemic when we were all still learning how to use Zoom and maybe what you have planned coming up in the spring. Sure, I'd be happy to. So um, I think like just going back to what you were saying, entrepreneurial thinking isn't just about starting a business. And I think that's really where my mindset went with getting the presidents on board, because I really think it's about problem finding and problem solving. And that's really what we need to do within our community colleges is how do we best help our students. And so I think really that's kind of the basis of all of the entrepreneurial thinking is how are we finding a solution for people and creating value for other people. And that's what we want to do with our students. And so I was able to talk with the presidents and really talk about like a culture change at the colleges to be more of this entrepreneurial thinking instead of it being so siloed in all of our different departments where we could really come together collaboratively. Lisa, I love what you said about entrepreneurial mindset, because I really do believe in what you said about problem finding and problem solving you know, it's shifting yourself and your mindset and what we do for students and faculty and others, instead of looking at a barrier as something that's going to get us stuck and stop us, we've got to consciously cultivate those eyes where we see how can we go around, under, above, who can we partner with? And I think that's one of the things I've noticed about you too, is really seeing those partnerships in terms of, of workforce. So, I know your area of the Inland Empire is a really broad, it's a big region of California. What are some of the industries you had mentioned yourself um, in terms of medical industry, but what are some of the emerging industries that you see in the community college geography that you cover? Certainly, like you said, it's a huge area. So we're 27,000 square miles is the um, expanse of our region. And in that, we have some very, very rural areas, and then we also have some more metropolis areas. And so, and I think that because of that, we see a lot of different industries. So in our rural areas, there's more of that agriculture, and more in the metropolis area, there's a lot of manufacturing. We also, because of where we're located, there's a lot of logistics. Um, We have a lot of the um, shipping um, going through where we are in a lot of the big warehousing I think one of our biggest probably emerging is all of our clean technologies. So because of where we're located, there's a lot of solar, there's a lot of wind. I think these technologies is really where some of our focus is going into how can we be more innovative with these green technologies. And so I'm seeing a lot more of that on the horizon for us. And so bringing together, you know, both the, our like manufacturing as far as the, to create these, wind turbines or whatever else that we need, you know, the solar panels, this charging stations, all of the things. It also includes, you know, your electrical components and your um, HVAC people. And there's a lot of like just different. So that's where I see this collaboration really happening because there's so many different industries that will be all coming together to make that change that, you know, kind of that clean technology change for the state. And it's really prominent in our region itself. That That's great. And really kind of being a leader in the country. But like you said, also figuring it out, because with community colleges, um, many people don't realize, you know, that there are certificate programs. So 
somebody can come in, they might even have a bachelor's degree. Maybe they were displaced from a tech industry job. They want to do something different. They're burned out from the work that they're doing. Sometimes people come to community colleges and they don't, they're not degree seeking. They're, they're um, more employment seeking. So you're trying to match industry and maybe it's on the technician end, maybe it's creating a new product, maybe it's doing um, some type of a, a service. And I think it's a, it's kind of, gets you excited when you start to think about the opportunity. What I hear you saying and just following your work, it's really almost like a balanced portfolio. We need to pursue um, multiple things. And because knowing that there's always going to be challenges, there's always going to be difficulties that we run into. Um, And one of the things I'm excited about is you are going to be joining us. We get to spend a lot of time with Lisa in May in person. Our NACI team is is traveling um, out from the East Coast and we are going to be spending some time in Idaho uh, convening a group of colleges that are supporting veterans. And, and I know veterans do a, a lot. You know, obviously they serve our country, but they're also part of that, that population that really um, tends to work very well with community colleges because they've learned a lot through their service years and can kind of plug right in. But we're also doing, I think, what you uh, talk about a lot is really sort of shifting the idea of resource development in terms of what colleges might be able to do with industry. And maybe you could speak a little bit about about that is is where do you see colleges really having some success in partnering with industries? You mentioned about, you know, some of the green technology, but are there other things that you've seen in in your experience in California? Basically, community colleges are, are building that workforce. So I think connecting with industries is really the way to make sure that education is giving the skills that our students need for the upcoming workforce. So I think, I mean, technology and everything is changing so quickly. And I think a lot of times the information that we get at community colleges can be delayed. Like we, a lot of our labor market yes. information is is older labor market information. And I think by having these partnerships with industry, we're getting real-time information about what their needs truly are instead of it being, you know, something that has been researched two years ago. It's it's actually something in the forefront that's happening right now and very quickly. And I think it enables our community colleges to make that shift a little bit quicker. Our community ed and our contract ed um, is some great places where we can make really quick shifts for our industry partners. And I think having that ability to shift quickly through contract ed or community ed makes it easier for our industry partners to get some of the skills that they need for their workforce. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think an example that came to my mind is cybersecurity too, because that's a field like what you're talking about. It changes so rapidly. So if you looked at it purely on the academic side of you know, you wanted to get a degree program. It could take you, depending on the state that you're in, two years sometimes to get it approved. By the time it, get, it gets approved, it's not even relevant anymore. So we see sort of that demand from industry that, you know, they need things quickly. They need employees not in two or three or four years. They need them immediately. And so what I see the value of kind of the role that you have is really being that connector of you know, you're you're looking at what does industry need, what do the community college have to offer, and then doing a lot really on that end of professional development. So one of the things that you've done that have has benefited uh, NACI over the years is really driving um, people that work at these colleges, whether they're faculty or they're on the non-credit side or they're a president, 
to say, you know, you might have have multiple degrees and, you know, think that you know everything, but the way the world is changing, we need to all be continual learners. And sometimes having the right mindset and having these kinds of experiences actually makes you a better leader. They make you um, a more effective person. So let me ask you about the state of California is enormous. So you have an enormous chunk of it. But what are kind of the resources that you go to? Um, Like you mentioned, sometimes labor information, it's dated and things like that. What kinds of resources um, do you draw upon if you're trying to, you know, better understand, um, you know, data or the, you know, the the economic or, you know, even enrollments? Like, where do you go for that information? I think I've been really lucky. Like you said, I've I've got, I've created connections, I guess is the way to say it. Um, I've got a lot of industry partners. So workforce agencies, the counties themselves have like a workforce board. Um, our chambers of commerce. There's just a lot of resources. I do a lot of work with the small business development centers. We've got micro enterprise collaborative that's here that works with a lot of like our small micro lenders, like helping our small businesses get loans that they need. And I think just having all these varying resources, it gives you different places you can go to, to find, you know, information that you need. And I think all of us working together and we've really created this great ecosystem um, where we can all work together and we all share information with one another. And I think that's really helped, especially like bringing different industry partners together because we each have different industries that we've made relationships with. And then when we can connect those industry partners in where they are needed at that moment, it really is helpful. Yeah, I think that's a great description of ecosystems. And I only became familiar with that word maybe seven or eight years ago, I'd never even heard of it before, but it, you know, it really makes sense. And you think in this world, there's so much information. It's like a fire hose every single day. And there is just no way possible. You can be an expert on every topic, but if you have sort of trusted agents, like people like yourself that are connected, you know, maybe the most common response, I give this response a lot. I don't know, but I'll find out, or we don't know how to solve this, but we bring different players together through the ecosystem um, to try to figure out how are we going to solve these sort of wicked problems that, you know, we come up with a solution and then then the problem definition changes. So we've got to kind of um, alter and pivot. But I think the work that you're doing is, is really important. You had mentioned about ag um, entrepreneurship and, you know, that seems to be uh, just a great opportunity for rural areas. And, and you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of times people in rural areas, they don't identify with the word entrepreneur. They just know they drive a school bus, they have some land, you know, they make certain things and sell them, but it's giving um, language and life to, I think, something that's important to all of us. So Lisa, I thank you so much for your leadership. You're a wonderful friend. You're a, a great example of somebody who's constantly um, looking for the next opportunity to make the lives of others better. So um, I hope that we will see a lot of our uh, NACI folks uh, around the country here in May as we, we make these stops. But certainly I would encourage them to reach out and learn more about the Inland Empire. You can Google it. Um, is there a website uh, that you would suggest people go to if, if to find out more information? We have a website for the Inland Empire Desert Regional Consortia. It's desertcolleges.org. Okay. So, so desert with one S, not desert, and colleges with an S.org. So 
That's great. Well, thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com